0: Be like T-ball pretty soon. Touch it, and a ground ball to third. Breaking for the plate. The throw, and they got him. No! He called him safe! He called him safe! Unbelievable! That is re- that remarkable. That is unbelievable! The throw beat him by a mile!
1: Live. Did he get him? Oh, he
0: oh, I thought
1: he missed him. He did miss him. In the entertainment capital of the world. It isn't. The runner goes halfway. Oh.
2: Somebody thought it was on. His tourist had a to scoop it and doesn't get it. And Ty Wigginton, he, he bumped him and he's gone. It's the
1: T.C. Martin Show. And Wigginton is furious. Diagnosis. The 3-2 pitch. Prognosis. Outside ball for call strike three. Osmosis. Ball strike three. I didn't think that Marty Foster was going to ring it up. And he did. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. No. Oh my goodness no.
0: gracious. No. No. Boy. No. no you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. The doctor is now in. Get your money's worth. Oh, yes, hour number two coming your way here on this magnificent Monday edition of the show. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house with me. Got to love this. We've got basketball to talk about this hour. We will talk a little baseball with our good friend Steve Sachs. who will join us, the two-time World Series champ, five-time All-Star. But, yes, the madness upon us. More and more. Hoop! Coming your way, Matt Holt joined us all last hour. Talked about uh, the WCC tournament tonight.
2: Marco, you got all your plays in yet? Are you? Uh, you still contemplating? Now I got three plays tonight. Uh, I'm set. All right,
0: you're set. All right, I might uh, might tap into you in the, the next segment. Yeah, you, you can help me out. I'm, I I I might need something to to go with my teaser tonight, my friend. <laughs> I'm not helping
2: you on a teaser. Yeah. <laughs>
0: See how you are. Come on, man. What if I feed you? Is that
2: good? Uh, You know I'm easy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. All right, good stuff Uh, here in hour number two coming your way as we continue to talk uh, more NCAA March Madness and hoops galore. All right, uh, we mentioned uh, last hour, too, Derek Carr signing with the New Orleans Saints. A four-year deal, $150 million, $100 million guaranteed. So, Derek Carr. Finds a home with the Saints. So, uh again, uh, we'll continue to talk a little bit more about that. But right now, let's talk a little baseball because, yes, it's March Madness. But we know what this means also. We just concluded big league weekend here in Las Vegas with the Cincinnati Reds and the Oakland A's. Uh, over at the ballpark at the Las Vegas ballpark in Summerlin. Uh, that was pretty nice. A couple high scoring games there. Uh, did see one ball. I think that is still traveling. That might hit your house, Marco. It was crazy. Uh, in uh, hit one. Seriously, I think it went like 460 feet out of the. Uh, did you see the ballpark. The, did you see the wind yesterday? Come on, this was this was Saturday, that and was again, sad. I didn't watch too much of it, but I was flipping the channel, and said, "Hey, I got, I got, I want to see what the ballpark looks like on TV." And I saw some fans kind of bundled up there in the shade. But then, and right when I turned on, I saw this monster shot go about four sixty, and I go, yeah. "What the heck?"
2: Sunday, the winds were ridiculous. I didn't go to the game because I was going to the hockey game. Right. Yeah. It. Uh, people that were there, they talked about how cold it was. Yeah? If you were not in the sun,
0: sunshine there, but just. Still a little cold. All right. Uh, here's our next guest, obviously, is Mr. Sunshine all the time, wherever you go, the two-time World Series champ, the five-time All-Star, and yes, the author or the voice of Sacks in the Morning, uh, one of the most popular podcasts uh, that you can find. Go get that wherever you get your podcast, the one and only Steve Sacks. What's up, Saxy? TC, I got on just as you were uh, talking about uh, who's giving me $100 million? Uh, uh, that would be the New Orleans Saints. We're gonna, we're gonna give you a hundred million, but they thought Derek Carr had a little bit better arm, so it's Derek yeah, Carr, guess, not you. That's
1: probably a good idea. That's yeah. Probably, oh, okay. That's that's a good. That's a better bet, I think. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, how was your? You know, you, but, but 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 I could out hit him. So you could out you could out hit him, and you know you could probably out, no question you could probably out hit him on the football field too because you're you're a feisty guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're a little spark well, plug.
1: Well. I'm glad. I'm glad he got a got a home. The question is, who's going to be the quarterback for the Raiders? Uh,
0: that is the the multi million dollar question right now. And
1: uh, I'm thinking uh, Aaron Rodgers, maybe.
0: Yeah, uh, I I hope not. I mean, I really don't. Yeah. I don't want to see that show. I saw that show for too many years in Green Bay. I, I don't want to see that that <laughs> act again. And you know what I'm talking about. But you know, I think that they're better off just going with Jared Stidham. And go this. Yeah. The, and again, you're, you know, they wanted Brady. You're not getting Brady. They want Rodgers. You have to mortgage the farm for that. And the Packers got to decide what they're going to do. The Packers hold all the cards. So yeah, it's just not that easy right now. And they got Stidham, and they mm-hmm. went to the trouble to get him from New England, and he performed pretty well in the two games uh, that he played. Yeah. Just yeah. go with him, man. That's well, it. He he he
1: he he ain't no Brock Purdy.
0: <laughs> this is true. This is true. You like Brock Purdy, don't you?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a real deal. He's a, he played just like this in college. In The seven games he performed with the 49ers that he was out there on the field, he was the top, uh, in quarterback passer rating in all of the NFL. So there you go.
0: And what do you do if you're the Niners? I mean, is he an automatic that he I comes back as your, as your starter? I mean, that's a big question mark well, for them.
1: J- Jimmy G played great when he played. He was outstanding. Uh, you know, you got Trey Lance who, you know, a bunch of question marks around him. I I think Trey Lance is in the third slot. I'm sorry, no, you're that's, right. That's just what I think. And the guy shouldn't I even. I think that's
0: where it is. Shouldn't even have a job, Steve. I mean, come on. They should have no. never drafted this Hamanegar out of North Dakota State. They reached for him. They traded up to get him. I mean, come on, it was a joke. It was a joke, and he, he hasn't proven anything. He's got a lot of talent. But look at it, here. Here's the thing.
1: He's, he's got talent. He didn't play a ton of games up there because of where he was, and you know the competition probably not as good. And the thing I like about him, he's he's kind of that tweener size. You know, he's he's yeah. a he's a big quarterback, but he he's not going to run over a linebacker. And he thinks he can, and that's why he got hurt. Hmm. So he, he's got to be one of those guys that uh, you know you kind of wish he was a little bit more on the frail side. He wouldn't try to run over linebackers, and that's how he that's how he's going to you know limit his time playing because he's eventually going to take himself right out of the league because he thinks he can run these guys over and he can't.
0: He is Steve Sachs. Uh, He doubles as a football commentator as well. I mean, knows his stuff. I mean, no, no question. Yes. Okay. Spring training is yes. underway, my friend. All right. So yes. we go. I can, I, I can, I can hardly wait to, to hear what you got to say about the new rules. We've touched upon it before, oh. but now it's here. Yeah. You've had a week or so to digest this thing and look at the bigger bases that look like pizza boxes. Right. We got the pitch right. clock. Let's start with this, Steve. Okay. Ready? Okay. Mark, get the clock on. Okay. You have 20 seconds, Steve, because we'll say a runner's on base. Cause you know, with 15, you know, no runners on base, we'll say a runner's on base, you you have 20 seconds to give me what you think of the pitch clock starting now.
1: I think it's ridiculous. I think it's kind of what we're seeing and representative of all what we see in the country. There's too many uh, rules and regulations everywhere. Get the hell out of my life. Leave the game as it was. It survived everything. It doesn't need you smart Alex out there trying to wear a coat and tie so you have a job trying to dictate what the game should be like now. Just just hush up and let the game win on its own
0: merit. That was, that was fantastic. 19.5. Outstanding. Okay. Yeah, we got to go. Wait, okay. Wait. okay, now tell tell, really tell us how you really feel with, 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 with no clock on you.
1: Uh, with no clock is the best way because now what you're going to do is also you're going to limit the amount of times you can throw over to first base. If I'm, if I'm a base runner, I probably still, I don't know, 80, 90 bases without trying. If I'm a base runner today because they've limited the amount of times you can throw over, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous
0: okay so let me ask you with this you know everyone's talking about the pitchers who is this going to affect more the pitchers or the hitters from a, a negative standpoint
1: what do you mean as far as the pitch clock yeah uh, you know I, I like to gather my thoughts each and every time
0: mm-hmm.
1: every, between every pitch because sometimes your your strategy will, will, will you know change within an at-bat depending on what the count is what the score of the game is where the runners are uh and where the defense is. So you're, you're a bat can change a little bit. So the fact that you have to just go up there and see it see it and hit it without even thinking, you know, that's not, that's not necessarily a great thing. I, I think it probably helps the pitchers. Because the pitchers are going to have their infielders and their outfielders playing better behind them if they're pitching more, you know, quickly, as opposed to just holding the ball for a long time. Their defense is going to be better.
0: You know, and that's the thing, though, because with pitchers, we've seen some quirky guys. Uh, especially some relievers, they'll come in there and they're like the human rain delay. I mean, a guy like yeah. like Pedro Baez, I mean, he could he couldn't he he couldn't pitch with this with this clock as, as we no. know, right? And then, like right. you said, there are hitters. Now, I'll use Kyle Tucker as an example. I saw Tucker lead off one of these games um over uh, last weekend, and. So he was like leading off the game. We know he doesn't lead off for the Astros, but he did for this game and he purposely waited and waited before he got in the box because to start a game, the clock doesn't start until the guy gets in the box and and seriously, Tucker took like two minutes to get situated and everything before he stepped in that box. And everyone's like waiting and waiting and waiting. But as you know, there are, are hitters that, like I said, that don't want to be rushed. There are pitchers, whether it's because it, it's nerves or they got to go through their routine or whatever. So that's why I think it's interesting for, for both sides that I think there's pitchers that are going to be affected. And I think hitters are going to be affected as well, too.
1: Yeah, I think it, it, you know. Basically, it, what you're doing is you're taking either one of these two out of their elements. Yeah. Because, unless that's the way you do it, you just go up there and throw it. And some guys do pitch like that, but for the most part, it, it's gonna you know it's gonna be something that they're gonna have to get used to doing. Um, but I think the most interesting thing um, is the fact that you hear all these pundits talking about how batting averages are just going to rocket now because. The shift is not there anymore. Well, I, 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 want to tell people the shift is still there. They're just not going to be able to be on the grass or they're not going to be able to be on the outfield grass or they're not going to be on that exactly way over that side of second base, but they're still going to be able to shift over. They're still going to be able to move over there a lot. And it's, and that's not the reason, um, that batting averages, in my opinion, are going to stay the same or go down. It's the approach at the plate. It's not necessarily where they're placed on the field because You know, when there's a 27 hopper hit to shortstop and it goes through for a base hit, nobody says anything. So they're going to find out in a conventional defense, the best that, you know, by and large, that people are going to do is hit 300. Do they actually think that now all of a sudden there's going to be these thousands of hits that are going to be going through for base hits now because there's no shift? I don't think it's going to make any difference at all. But people out there are saying, yo, yeah, there's going to be massive difference in batting average. I will... I will mark my words on this day, and you can say it right now, T.C., yeah. it's either going to be right around the same, or I think it could even go down because hitters are going to, are going to increase this terrible approach at the plate because there's, no, there's not going to be a shift, and they're going to think, wow, now I can really jack the baseball, yeah. and they're going to still get pitched up in the zone. They're still going to strike out 200 times. So I don't know where all these mystery hits are going to be coming from. You know their approach is going to be the same. They're still going to strike out 200 times. Where's all these hits going to come from? Do they think every time they hit the ball now it's a base hit? No, they didn't lay out the game that way.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly, my friend. I think you're right. It's going to be right about where it is, average wise. Yeah, and maybe even worse. And let's be honest. I mean, we've seen it's not all because of the shift that the average have dipped because. Players are undisciplined approach, and they, they don't have the approach. That, opposite field? What the heck is opposite field? Right. We're not going to see that. Exactly. No, I'm with exactly. you. Exactly. I'm with and that's you. That's
1: why you see all these pop ups. That's why you yep. see these guys strike out 200 times. It's the approach. It's not, it's not. Hey, look, you, you see sometimes where a ball hit right up the middle and the shift's on the guy field that throws them out. They can still do that. They can feel, they, they just have to have both feet on that side of second. I mean, what? It's difference of, of a foot and a half? It's not going to make that much of a difference. Or when the guy hits a line drive into right center field and there's the guy standing there to the shift, I'll give you that one. But how many times is there a ball that's just a bleeder, a regular ground ball is short, and it goes through for a hit? Right. They, they don't say anything about that. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not going to change. Believe me, it's not.
0: You know, I, I was watching one game a few days ago, and I couldn't believe what I saw, that they actually, to circumvent the shift... It was a left-handed hitter was up, and they brought the left fielder over to play play shallow right field to play rover. Oh my god! Yes, and now yeah. it's like now, it, it, can anybody, <laughs> can any left-hander just hit the ball over the shortstop's head? You got to inside the park homer, or you can slap yeah, one down the exactly line. You got right. at least a exactly triple right. with any decent speed, yeah. right? Steve Sack speed. Exactly. I mean, you're standing up. You can go around the bases twice probably. Yeah. It's sickening. Yeah, it's
1: called a, it's, it's called a little league home run. Yeah. Right. Right. And you, and you could get one of those in the big leagues now, because if they do that, I mean, that, I, I just don't understand the shift thing. I, I mean, it, it I mean, it's just, it, it looks great. It, it look, when they take a hit away, when the guys are way over there, looks fantastic, but it's, it's all about nothing, uh, because they don't count the hits that are check swinged and ground ball to and Nobody's standing there, man. It's a, it's a base hit so that would never happen in a regular defense all
0: right take me to through your situation when you got in the box how long did it take you to get situated in the box for an at-bat uh
1: it you know i i I was probably in the middle of the road i mean because you know i wouldn't sit there and fiddle with my batting gloves and snap them back and forth (laughs) and all that but you know i like to get i'd like to you know get my foot in there and and kind of, uh, get a few practice swings and get settled. Yeah, and, I want to hear the routine. You know, okay. Kind of
0: okay. Rhythm. Here you come. You, you you, you, you just, you just left the on deck circle and there goes that, yeah. that John Ramsey voice or whatever. Now yeah. number three, Steve Sacks. Now I wanna, yeah. give us it, your routine. I want to hear the routine. Let's go. You're walking okay, so up. All, are, are you looking, are you looking up. for popcorn vendors? What are you doing? I'm waving at
1: the fans, <laughs> waving, blowing kisses, uh, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, you know, I, I get up there and I look down at the third base coach to see if he wants me to, uh, you know, exemplify any of my uh, screeching foot speed or do I just try to hit the ball, you know, up the middle for a base hit? Is if he going to lay one down
0: speed. maybe? He might lay one down.
1: Uh He might lay one down. Um Or so I get in the, before I get in the box, it's... oh, so
0: can't park here? <laughs> oh this, we gotta have some good play-by-play here what's okay. going on I'll right okay so oh, cool.
1: she's already home okay are you sure okay yeah yeah oh, sure. thank you sir so i'm on the radio i got i got a real cool uh a parking yeah. guy here right now helping me out so um <laughs> anyway sorry about that hey so here's another thing i do is i gotta get in the box and go tap 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 with the glove on the, with the bat on the spikes Okay, I try to do that because it's just part of the routine, bro. Tap, uh, that's tap, what I'm saying. I want tap, to hear tap. the routine? Ready. Exactly. Sure. Now I'm ready. I'm I, I'm I'm looking at the picture. I'm thinking right up the middle. If he comes up with some, uh w- you know, with some cheddar, I'm going to hit it right <laughs> back up the middle. I'm going to try to undress him with a line drive. That that's my thought process. That's exactly what I'm thinking.
0: I love that. So that,
1: that's it. That, not a ton of time, but you know what? It's it's it's, it's kind of like a little, uh, like a little momentum type of thing. I do the same thing all the time. It's like. Getting to the free throw line and, you know, you, you tap on the ball, you yep. hit it on the ground a couple of times, a couple of dribbles, little bend in the knees and shoot. It doesn't start when you shoot. It starts before you get to the line. Same thing with getting to the plate.
0: Now, what would you do with those, those pitchers that would try or a catcher that would try to, you know, mess with your routine a little bit? That had to happen.
1: Well, sometimes, sometimes they try to talk to you like Tony Pena. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You remember him? Yeah, yeah. He would try to talk to me. I'd say, hey, Hey, Tony, man, uh, I ain't got time to, uh, this is no social call. I'm not up here to uh, be friends. This isn't a social call. I don't have time to talk about dinner after the game. If you want to hook up and meet up for a drink or have dinner after the game, give me, you know, meet me over there. But not right now, bro. I'm I'm trying to get a base set. And he'd say, say, okay, man. That was it.
0: Tony Pena, I mean, he was the only culprit, you know, behind the dish there. That was it? Uh, Bob Melvin used to talk a little bit. Okay. Okay. Hey, how about, how about one of your favorite umpires? I mean, did, did Country oh. Joe start, start to talk uh, talk your ear off a little bit or give you a bad Country time? Or, or Country Joe take his chewing tobacco and try to spit in your shoe and mess up your tap-tap <laughs> tap there? Well, well, I, I wish
1: Country Joe would, would have like messed with me during a fight because I wanted to hit him with a right hand. <laughs> I wanted to just lay him out. But I never had an excuse to do it, you know, because yeah. he used to get involved in some of the altercations. He would like throw guys around. I thought, if this dude grabs me, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my right hand cocked. See? I'm gonna turn it over and hit him right on the knuckles, the two front knuckles, and turn over my hip at the same time. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit him with a short right hand. Maybe follow it up with a left hook and, and, I, and he's done. I just, I just he, he'd be finished. But I never got a chance to, but I, I wanted to give him a nice right hand.
0: But you, it yeah. sounds like you were talking about, you know, going, going to the face. I mean, don't you think a body shot would just lay that guy out for good? I mean, look at that, uh, look at that target you would have there with Country Joe yeah, West. Is,
1: well, there's plenty of target there. Yeah. But if you want to get into that, I thought you might get into something to do with the quake.
0: This now, is true. I, <laughs> The Quake reference make, <laughs> makes it, makes uh, an appearance very uh, right uh, late in the program uh, today. <laughs> Nunchuck is not, is not here to do uh, the rim shots here uh, today, but okay. uh, but who knows? Quake could all be right. listening in his cubicle, you know, yeah. today.
1: That's right. And, and time's getting close. So all our fans know okay. that we are going to go have dinner with the
0: Quake. I, I, I'm waiting, but there, there's a, it's a two pronged uh, problem here. Okay. And you're part of the problem. I mean, we got to get Quake to, to actually get out of the cubicle, but we got to get you to Vegas. I mean, the moment you get to oh, Vegas, then, we, then we'll we go tug-of-war, okay? And we'll, we'll put no. that rope around Quake, and we'll bring him to the buffet. <laughs> we'll go to
1: the buffet, and I'll see the look on the guy's face when Quake walks in there. All you can eat.
0: you <laughs> uh, think, I'm going broke. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There it is. We going to be stay. hilarious. No doubt. No doubt. All right, what do you think of the, yeah. the, the pizza boxes for the bases? How necessary uh, is this? Come on. It's,
1: well, look. The only way I can sum this whole thing up, it's the wimpification of the mm. American sportsman. It's so wimped out. It's so wimped out. It's 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 you can't even ignore it anymore. It's so evident, <laughs> and uh, it's just the way it is. I mean, we're gonna have babysitters pretty soon, or therapists in the dugout. If somebody strikes out, you're gonna go sit in the corner and have a therapist talk to you mm. so you can talk through it. You know, Th- that's what's coming next.
0: Man. I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. What is what is the uh I mean the the reason that we're hearing of the the bases being larger, wait what we, we they're gonna get really a four inch advantage? Runners are gonna get a four inch advantage. Is it yeah and we're hearing, oh, it's safer for players, uh, especially it's first base, safer. it might not get it might get might get his foot stepped on or something like yes. that. Collisions at it's first base. Safer. I mean, how many of those did we really see? Come on. Why?
1: Well, because it's it's safer. It's like it's like you know that's what you see in football. You can't lower the shoulder on some guy and nail him out of bounds anymore, right? Yep. No, that that's excessive. Hmm. You, how many times you see? I'm about ready to stop watching football. By the way, <laughs> I mean I see a quarterback get tackled, a regular, not even a hard tackle, and they throw that damn flag. Yeah. I want to. I want to just. I want to just pulverize one of these <laughs> one of these referees. Even when it happens against the Niners, you know, even when it, when there was the, the, the Jimmy G goes down hmm. and they throw the flag because they mm. say it was excessive and it wasn't. Even mm. though I'm a Niner fan, man, that, that pisses me off too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like it. I mm-hmm. let them play football.
0: <laughs> uh, what was I mean, was-
1: look at, look at, look at the Pro Bowls and flags. Uh, if I was a professional football player and I was a pro and I went over to the Pro Bowl, I would be flat out embarrassed. Mm. I'd say, here's my flags, and I'm going to put my tutu on after I put my flags on.
0: (laughs) This is what we've learned with Steve Sachs today in his therapy session, that he likes to lay out referees and umpires. It doesn't matter. Anyone uh, in in authority there, he's going after you. He's laying them out.
1: Well, look, look. I'm getting a little older now, and so I'm losing my filter. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's slowly dissipating.
0: Steve Sachs in the house, T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house. What do you want to
2: say, Marco? Steve, uh, one of the rules that didn't get changed, I want to your take on it, and that's the ghost runner and extra innings. How do you feel about
1: oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, don't get me started, Marco. Are you kidding me? I mean, softball rules, here we come again. I mean, what would Willie Mays say? What would What would Hank Aaron say? What would Ted Williams say? They would throw up in their mouth if they knew that this was happening to baseball. What a courtesy runner! A courtesy runner! You're supposed to kick the you know what out of the the, the opposition. You're going to put a courtesy runner there? Oh my God! This is laughable! Absolutely laughable! I agree. Yeah, and and, and they they wonder why they wonder why now. Hang on, wait for it. They wonder why attendance has gone down the last eight years in a row. Gee, I wonder why.
0: You don't think it has something to do this with the games are being too long?
1: Of course not! Oh, my God. No. No. When I, when I was a kid, we went to a doubleheader on Sundays. Yeah. I was like, in the second game of a doubleheader, they wanted to leave at the seventh or eighth inning. I'm like, are you kidding? We just got here. <laughs>
0: you got, why, I need, need more you cotton leave? candy, Dad. What are you talking about?
1: Uh, yeah, I need... I need more cowbell, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. And that's more innings. If <laughs> innings are cowbell, I need more cowbell. That's what I need.
0: Spring training for you, man. I want to know. Did you like it? Did you hate it? What was your take on spring training?
1: Absolutely loved spring training. Loved it. It was it was it was a changing of the weather. Uh you know, all I had to do was go out there. I knew just what I had to do to get ready. And it was out there in front of me. All I had to go do is is, is do it and sweat it out and you know bust my my tail every day and I was just loving it. I could see the progress, you know, coming every day and man, I couldn't wait for opening day. So that to me, spring training was awesome. I loved it.
0: G- give us a typical day of spring training, whether it was uh I don't know, game day, non game day or or whatever. I mean okay. I think a lot of people think that, oh, you know, it's pretty cushy there in spring training. Give us a typical day. Okay.
1: So so I'd get up about I'd get up about uh six thirty seven. Um and uh I had to be at the ballpark uh You'd have to be at the ballpark at 9 for a meeting. So I'd go over to the park earlier. I'd go get some breakfast. Um, I'm done eating breakfast at about uh, 8 o'clock. I'd go over to the ballpark a little early, you know, get dressed and, you know, have some fun with the guys, joke around. And then I'm, I'm dressed in my cubicle and ready to, ready to go at about, you know, a quarter to 9 uh, because uh, 9 o'clock, even though it starts at 9, that's late to me. I, I'm ready a quarter to 9, and I'm there. And, and uh, you know, you have a meeting till 10. And there's lots of laughter, lots of serious stuff, too. And you're kind of gearing it up. You go out and uh, you start spring training. You have, you know, workouts, cutoffs and relays, pitcher's fielding practice, you know, bunting practice, all that stuff. And then you break at about 12 o'clock. And then at 1, one thirty, you have a game. And then after the game, you go home and take a little nap, have some dinner, and come back the next day and do it again.
0: There it is. I mean, an hour meeting every day. What, what are we talking about yeah. during spring training? What's, what's going on in those meetings? Well, some, sometimes
1: you're, you're, you're out there at 930, uh, half hour meeting. It depends. Right. We'll sort of like to have long meetings because he wanted to have some fun. So he would, I mean, he would call me into his office and say, Hey, I want you to start a fight with, uh, so and so, because we want to get him on uh, blah blah blah, and we want to have some fun here today. So he would actually call me in during the dog days of spring training and tell me to start uh, some funny stuff going on. Really? Uh,
0: so that was part of a procedure. Oh, that's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, I uh, all- loved it. All right, my friend Steve Sacks, he's got a great podcast uh, going. Of course, the Sacks in the morning uh, give us the latest, the greatest. Uh, did you uh, did you do an episode this morning? When's the next episode? Let's hear about it.
1: Going in the studio on Thursday, uh, we have a long-form guest, uh, a gentleman by the name of Sky White. Sky White is the keyboard player in the band Foxy Sh- Shazam. That's who you need to put on your, your station right there, Foxy Shazam. Foxy uh, Shazam.
0: Let's look that one up. He, okay. All right.
1: Yeah, he traveled the world, this guy, in, in his band. He's played more, more gigs than the Rolling Stones. That's how good this guy is in his band. Anyway, he owns a tea company called... WendigoT.com, WendigoT.com and he's, uh, he's one of my sponsors right now. So love him. He's, he's a great guy. Sky white. Listen to him on Thursday. You'll
0: love it. I love that. Sounds good. Hey, now yep. you'll uh, you know, again. We uh, Steve Sacks not only a, 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 an avid sports fan here, but again a musician. We've heard him play the drums on the show, as we well know. You'll be happy to know, my friend, that uh was it last week. I went and saw Chicago uh, in concert. They're still nice. they're still doing it. Fifty six wow. years are running, and uh, they needed an intermission in in the middle of the show. Uh, but I kind of understand that, you know, cause they're in their seventies, but Steve, they still have the horns. And you, we're not wow. talking about the horns through the keyboards like a lot of these ham and egg bands. No. They still got this. Right. They got the sax, the trombone, the trumpet. Uh, amazing. it's, it's, it, yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, still for good, those, huh? yeah, for those that, that, uh, you know, not aware, you know, with Chicago, as you know, Steve, is that, you know, well, a lot of times with horns, they're not in every song or they're in a small part of the song is right. Chicago. I mean, that's why they needed that intermission after 40 minutes and then come back and do this power Whoa. set of about an hour and 15 minutes after that. It was just because they're pumping those wow. horns, man. I felt sorry for wow. these guys and got a chance to, to meet him and talk to him afterwards. Three, uh, three of the legendary members are still there. Uh, fantastic wow. stuff. I was thinking about you. Man. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Tz. there. Are- they're a legendary band, and uh, you know everybody loves everybody loves Chicago, so I'm glad you had a good time.
0: There you go, brother. All right, we'll let you go. Uh, appreciate uh, the time, All as right, always. Buddy. Watch where you park, okay? Remember.
1: Yeah, I'm doing that now.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> take care, guys. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. There he is, ya, Steve yeah. Sachs, our guy on the baseball side of things, one of the best two-time World Series champions, five-time All-Star. Mark, I think that the first time that you got to sit in, sit in with Steve Sachs, right? Yeah. You, you like that?
2: Sachs in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know you, I know you need some sacks in the morning. <laughs> so, you know, go subscribe to that, that podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Again, he hits uh, motivational stuff. Uh, has some, a lot of his great former teammates and guys. And of course, Steve, uh, all those years he did on, uh, MLB Sirius XM 89 as a, as a host, uh, yeah, doing the podcast thing very good. And he dips into the, the music side of things, which uh, I really like.
2: I like that. He likes spring training. And the thing, the one takeaway I would have asked him is spring training is so family friendly the players in that that's what i like when i go go to see it you know that's what builds interest in fan bases and mm-hmm. let's face it you know we had a couple of years where spring training you know with covid and everything you know you weren't able to have the fans the way you were and uh i missed that because that's something i did every year go to go to phoenix
0: yeah, see, he's not uh, not that family guy i mean he, again tommy losura said you go start a fight in spring training you know <laughs> i mean he's a feisty guy you know but uh here's the thing with, with spring training is like It is too long. I mean, how much time do you really need to prepare? And this is the the, the thing about that is like you, you get there and after you're working out for like two or three days, you're playing exhibition games. And I guess, you know, I understand that's the way for managers and coaches to evaluate, you know, the players. Let's just throw them in games. But I think, you know, a lot of people think, well, yeah, they go through two weeks of nothing but drills and all this other kind of stuff and philosophies, all that. Stuff. Not really the case. I mean, you'll go through the meetings, go through some some teaching uh parts of it. But for the most part, I mean, you are playing over 30 games in spring training. Think about it. Not to mention the 162 during the regular season, then postseason. I mean, some of these guys are playing, you know, Over 200 games in a Major League Baseball season taking place from late February to now early to Mm mid-November.
2: It's a grind. It is. The only part of spring training I didn't like is when you would show up and have a... Split squad. Dude. Yes. That, that's still happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the only part of spring training I don't like. You you get there at the ballpark early and they have the lineup, you know. And, you know. and you're going, who are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How
0: about, actually, when the Reds played here over the weekend, they had a split squad, I believe, on Saturday. And I know people are probably saying, oh, you know, where's Joey Votto? You know, where's, where's some of the guys? But that's that's kind of the nature. I don't know about you. I've just never been a spring training guy. And I think I'm one of the few. Everyone always says, oh, spring training, spring training. It's like, I like meaningful baseball, you know? And just like I never liked exhibition basketball games, go to NBA preseason game. I can't do it. So you don't spring training.
2: I'm too bougie, though. But You you are. we We know that. You don't spring training the way I do. You know, we go to a game in the morning. We pick what game we're going to based on what our what food we want to eat at the different ballparks because there is, you know, it's That's all true. about food. That is true. If you know we want to go see a Milwaukee game, which is probably the worst neighborhood of uh, the spring training games, wow. that, you know, in Phoenix. Uh If you want to get a brat, if you want, we had that discussion before. Yeah. Skyline Chili. We're going right. to a Cincinnati Reds game. Oh. And I like the pork cutlet sandwich at the Kansas City, uh, Texas ballpark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have food at all that. But then after that, you go out to dinner. You have a couple sure, drinks. Sure, You know, and then I end up at Talking Stick playing poker in the night. So it, uh, it, it's fun. Okay, it's so h- how much of the baseball game are you actually watching? Oh, well, I can watch and eat at the same time. That's you, not a problem. You can. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right, so let me ask you this. Uh, how many games during the course of a Major League Baseball regular season do you go to?
2: Well, being we don't have a team here, mm-hmm.
0: none. I, I know. <laughs> so you don't. So you don't travel. I don't travel. You don't Pittsburgh. You if don't, I go you back go,
2: to Pittsburgh, you don't you know, go to
0: Park. LA or San Diego. That that sort of thing. I haven't done that. No. Okay. See, say that's the the difference. I think with with me is because I go to a, make sure that I go to enough major league games during the course of the year. I I don't want to go to spring training, and I know I think I'll, I think that is the majority of your audience that are going to these spring training games because they don't get a chance to go to regular major league games. And I get, I get the experience about that, but for me, it's hard for me. And I I hate to say this, but I mean, I've, I've even said it to, to Jim Gemma and the guys with the aviators. It's hard for me to go to a minor league baseball game during the course of the regular season, because I want to see guys that I know. I want to, I want to see major league baseball. I want to see those stars and those people and those teams and, and and that sort of thing. So I think, you know, I don't know if I'm a, I'm the outlier there, but for me, that's why I've never, I think, got into spring training because I've always been close enough to go to, you know, a dozen, you know, games during the course of the summer.
2: When the Mets had their franchise, their affiliate here, you didn't go to any of the games when they had that loaded pitching staff. Remember, all those guys were on that, that same team at the same time. I you remember. Wheeler, no. uh, Syndergaard, who else was on it? What year was that? but years <sighs> I was already here, so I moved out in two thousand eight. So. so
0: that's what I'm saying I wasn't here then because I weren't yeah there. I was I didn't relocate till twenty fifteen. So I was probably before yeah, that were, right yeah yeah yeah. So but you know that that kind of stuff's cool. You know rehab assignments and again you know living in Sacramento you know we had minor league baseball there and, you know Giants affiliate A's affiliate that sort of thing and you know ballparks are nice and they do a great job with the aviators you know like we talk to Jim Jim and Don Logan all the time. It's they got a great great facility you know there and you talk about food. Give the Las Vegas ballpark kudos, man. I do like the food. And when I go, that's why I go. But I'm out of there by the fourth inning.
2: It it is a nice ballpark for you know minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reno has a nice uh, ballpark too. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, uh, I want to thank Steve Sachs for joining us. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk a little more NCAA basketball here. Like I said, we got games tonight, of course, at the Orleans. The WCC semifinals always a fantastic time uh, out there for the semifinals. We got that, and we'll take a look ahead to the rest of the conference tournaments as well.
2: Drop that ghetto blaster.
0: There's more in store around your door and more of what you're looking for with a Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, come on out and join us on Friday this week at the world famous Superbook inside the Westgate Las Vegas. And then next week, it is Hoop Central Thursday and Friday, March 15th, 16th. And then Saturday, the 17th as well, too. Oh, yeah, going to be fantastic. Get your tickets at chickenmaster.com and see all of the games in the NCAA tournament in an exciting venue, exciting atmosphere at the Westgate, Las Vegas. And again, we'll be broadcasting live Thursday and Friday next week. And then, of course, this Friday, uh, we will be there as well, our traditional Friday home at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right, TC Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house. And we're getting ready for the WCC tournament uh, tonight at the Orleans Arena. Semifinals tonight between BYU, St. Mary's, and USF taking on Gonzaga. BYU and USF have had to play their way to this. And then we've got the double buy, or really the triple buy, when you think about it, with a uh, St. Mary's in Gonzaga. How rusty will they be? Will they be playing the, you know, well against the, the hot teams or who've come in here and won uh, a few in a row in USF and BYU? Marco, how much of a fan are you of this format that the WCC has? Uh, because nobody else has it like this, where you know the top two teams basically get a triple buy.
2: Yeah, and again, we talked about it, TC, for the smaller conferences, they want to protect the guys that earned it during the season, and I'm all for that. Uh, But this particular year, it doesn't matter because both St. Mary's and Gonzaga, no matter what happens in the championship game, both are going to be in the big dance. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, uh, let's take a look at some of the other action uh, tonight. A lot of the smaller conferences Again, a lot of these teams very excited, going dancing. Matt Holt talked about uh, the Southern conference tonight with Furman, Chattanooga, where we've seen some significant line movement where Furman opened a seven and a half point favorite, now down to three and a half. Chattanooga, like I said, below a five hundred team, missing their seven footer. And Matt makes a, a good point in that conference. You don't have too many quality seven footers. Don't have many seven footers at all. So we'll see how much of a a difference that makes tonight. Uh, A team that came in as the number seven seed with a ton of losses, but they've gotten hot at the right time. Again, you saw that. See, so it was South Alabama, a game that you like tonight. Quick take: Do you have any opinion on Chattanooga and Furman in the, in the Southern Conference
2: final tonight? For me, you've got two ways to look at the game. The one way is the only way Chattanooga gets into big dance is to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. For Furman, they were basically there all year, and all the pressure's on them because they're not going to get an at-large bid if they if they blow this conference championship game. Generally speaking, I like taking the favorite that had a scare in the game before. Furman was a double-digit favorite in their last game and escaped with a three-point victory. That generally is a wake-up call for the better team. So if I had to play the game tonight, even as good as Chattanooga's playing right now, I would lean to Furman. All right. Yeah, who else you like tonight? I do like South Alabama. You talk about these teams, that get hot at the right time. South Alabama, down the stretch, um, they're, they've been phenomenal. Uh, they've got... Uh, three eight they're 11 and two down the stretch and if you look at their last three games so far in this tournament uh ending up the season in the first two in the tournament they've allowed 39 percent or less uh shots uh percentage shooting percentage against them defense wins at this time of the year i like south alabama another
0: seven seed South Alabama's is a 7th seed. Chattanooga a 7th seed. We've seen some magic uh, out of these lower seeds.
2: But at least South Alabama, if you look at their last six games, seven games during the regular season, they were rolling. They got it going at the right time. And again, we talk about teams. This was a team that started the season with only two returning starters. you got to have time to gel, and you want to peak at the right time. I would rather have a team playing well at the end of the season than a team that started out Perfect example, New Mexico. Mm. There's a team started. What were they? 14 and 0. Yes. To start the season. 14 and 0. And what did they do after that? I I like it this way. Have the team with the momentum at the end of the season.
0: UNLV. Same situation. I mean, 10 and 0, they started. San Francisco was the same uh, way. Uh, 10 and 1, uh, they started. Then they kind of hit a little bit of a rough patch and now they've uh, turned up a notch. And again, San Francisco will be in that game tonight against Gonzaga. It's a 14 and a half point spread in favor of the Zags. And they, they did beat San Francisco twice this year, but two pretty competitive games here. That does seem like a big number. Uh, I can understand why, because you are, you know, betting on that name Gonzaga, you're going to have, uh, probably seven of the 10,000 fans, eight of the 10,000 fans are going to be Gonzaga fans because they travel so well and they just invade, uh, Las Vegas here at the Orleans arena for this tournament, uh, and San Francisco is going to be, uh, probably a tired team. And again, they've got some guards, very good guards, uh, could be a little bit streaky, but they are a little bit of a defensive liability here. Uh, this number seems to be right where it's supposed to be. I've talked to a, a few people today, including our guy Scott Spritzer. said, yeah, probably better off just leaving this game alone.
2: Yeah, the one thing that they catch a break, and as you you know, pointed out in the first segment today, they don't play on Sunday in this conference. That's a big benefit because if there's any team that needed a day's rest, it was definitely San Francisco with what they had to do to get to this game on Saturday night, that that's tough, and I pity anybody on the East Coast that wants to w- watch uh, this game. That game's going to be starting 11 th- 11.30 if they start on time. Because if the first game goes <laughs> and they to haven't,
0: time. and that's the problem on Friday and Saturday night, the uh, the games have started much later. Like I said it didn't get that double overtime game did not get over until twelve. 12- 30 a.m. and again that was uh, a, a, a supposed to be a 9:30 start and it started about 9:50. <laughs> yeah.
2: So the debate of which which coast is better for watching sports, there's to me there there's none. I've done both for a long time. Marco, this might be messing with my food tonight.
0: <laughs> you know, you're not going to eat beforehand. I, I'm probably going to have to now. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Some of the restaurants will be closed. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that, that you like to frequent, right? They'll be closed. Oh, no when this, one. yeah. when this one's over.
0: Yeah, have would be a drive-through.
2: Uh, who knows?
0: Okay. Um. So yeah, we got uh Then tomorrow, remember, we've got the. A lot of the power conferences uh, start tomorrow with early round games, and I know people love to bet you know, the tournament, but you got to be very, very careful too, because you've got some some games like in the Big Ten. Uh, that will start in the ACC tomorrow, but man, you're talking about some bottom feeders. Notre Dame, Virginia, Virgi- uh, Virginia Tech, I should say. Virginia Tech is a seven point, uh, you know, favorite in that game. Uh, Georgia Tech, Florida State, uh, basically a pick 'em in that game. Louisville, Boston College, Boston College minus six. I mean, I haven't bet on any of those teams probably all year just because uh, they're bad. They're just bad teams here. Uh, do you get involved with these type of games? Do you look for an, an angle or anything, or do you just say, you know what, let these bottom feeders beat each other up and and let's let's wait till like Thursday or Friday?
2: No, I'll look for the games because if you have one of the bottom feeders, and I haven't broke down tomorrow's card yet, but a lot of times during the regular season, you might find a spot where that bottom feeder played a close game against a particular team. And then you go back and look at that team and say, oh, well, look, they were coming off so-and-so. That was a big game the game before. Or they had a look-ahead spot the next game. And if they had a close scare against the bottom feeder during the regular season, I like to back the team that had to scare uh, because we know what they are. Now, Notre Dame, I made money with Notre Dame. Uh, their last two games. They played Pitt the next to last game of the, of the season. They caught Pitt at home. Pitt was in first place of the ACC, but they had the big showdown game on deck with Miami of Florida. Pitt got upset at Notre Dame. Great for Notre Dame. But then they went on the road Saturday, Notre Dame, and I went against them because that was their game. That was their big game, that final mm-hmm. senior night at Notre Dame and whatever, upset pit, top 25 team. And they got blitzed over the weekend. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to find spots and look at it. And my handicapping there's a couple of things to remember about conference tournament handicapping. Everybody likes to say, oh, you can't beat the same team three times in one season. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um so don't just fall into that. Look at the games and look at if there was any outliers in it or something. Go back and look at the meetings. That was another thing with uh, South Alabama play tonight. If you look at the last meeting, uh, or excuse me, I have Cleveland State tonight as a game. If they're playing Wisconsin-Milwaukee, I like Cleveland State. Go back and look at the last box score of that game. Cleveland State lost by nine in that game, but they shot three of 20 from three point range and they were minus 15 points at the foul line in lost by nine. Okay. That's you. They couldn't play any worse. Right. So I'm looking for them to turn it around tonight against uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, who's been one of the better teams in that conference all year. Yeah. Except for that loss against Green Bay earlier this year. Rivalry game. One one of the three victories Green Bay had. But that was, you know, again, we talk about rivalry games that you got to throw stats out when they're rivalry games. Uh,
0: All right. Uh, So over the weekend, the uh, UNLV football schedule uh, came out. Uh, Barry Odom uh, taking over for UNLV uh, in his first year this year. They're currently having uh, spring practice, as we know. So got the schedule here. The Rebels are going to actually open uh, the season uh, at home against who, Marco? Want to take a wild guess?
2: I have not seen the schedule. I'm sure they got a big name to come to Vegas to open. You would think so, right? You
0: would think. Yeah. All right. You ready for the drum roll? All right. There it is. All right. UNLV, September 2nd, will open
2: against Bryant University. Why? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Why? All right. Yeah. You want to get it. So, all right. That's one win on their season uh, win total when it comes out.
0: At Allegiant Stadium, UNLV versus Bryant.
2: What team wouldn't want to come to, to Vegas and play? You should be able to get so some big draws, you know, be, put some people in the stands for a change.
0: You get 12 to 13 games on your schedule. All right. And they're, they're, they're coveted. Okay. Uh, I understand you want to have a victory to to open up, but what does this really do for your program? When you beat a team like this, your fan base isn't going to get excited about this. They're not going to get excited to come to a game against Bryant, mm-hmm. team that they couldn't even tell you the school colors, the mascot, the city, the state that they're even in. I mean, seriously. So... You could do better than this. Even if you want to go with, I mean, you want to go with a bottom feeder, just do a bottom feeder D1. I mean, some somebody just, but, I mean, you're going to be more tested than that. So game number two, they go on the road at Michigan. Tell me how the Bryant game is going to get you ready to go to the big house.
2: They're going to have confidence. It, it,
0: it, <laughs> You are going to yeah. get more out of a scrimmage on your own campus, right? Than going, than getting ready for Michigan with against Bryant.
2: Yeah, you're. I see what the uh, the big schools do by scheduling a cupcake, give them a million dollar payday, you know, to come. To I'd
0: rather place. see Bethune Cookman come in here than Bryant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know,
0: I have Florida State. These guys will play Bethune Cookman. Okay, let's, let's let's just do that.
2: You have a chance to put people in the seats. Bryant's not the one to do it. That's for sure.
0: All right. So then the next home game, you might be interested in this one. Still not a big-time name, but it's an SEC school. Vanderbilt. And Vandy, they they can be decent. Do they travel well, though, Vandy? Probably not. No. No. There you go. So, yeah. So you got Vandy. Then they go on the road to UTEP play Texas-El Paso. Um. Then they have Hawaii. Uh open date after that. They've got to buy. And then they will travel to Reno, which I'm not a fan of, playing this game in October 14th. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in the last few years. This game needs to be at the end of
2: the schedule. Rivalry game should be Thanksgiving weekend. It should. It yes. really it, it should. It should.
0: Colorado State at home. Then they'll go on the road for a pair at Fresno State at New Mexico. Then they will have Wyoming on November the 11th. And then their final road game at Air Force, November 18th. Might have some weather to deal with there. And then they will close out November 25th, your Thanksgiving weekend uh, against San Jose State. So when you hear that schedule, what hits you?
2: Nothing. No, no Boise in there. No Boise.
0: No, no Boise this year. Yeah. Hmm. I know. No Utah State. What's up with that? Think about that. So I mean, ULV has a break because you know we're San
2: Diego State. Are you they, telling me they didn't play those three? That, that's huge for them. If they if they can do anything, they you know they they've got a soft schedule. That is paper. an extremely soft schedule. Yeah. I mean, think about that. San how, do Diego State? Three, how do you miss all three? How do you miss all three? I don't know. And where? I mean, come on. Why, why aren't you playing everybody? which those are generally the three best teams out of the mountain West every, every year, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy.
0: Crazy stuff. All right. Uh, I want to thank Steve Sachs for joining us today. Talk a little major league baseball. Great stuff with him. Uh, that interview will be up on the website, uh, a little bit later on. So make sure you, uh, you check that out. And then also, um, uh, go to the website for the podcast uh, as well, too. So you miss any part of the show or the shows, go fire away uh, with that. And then uh, up our, right now we've got uh, the WCC tournament uh, preview with Gonzaga and St. Mary's both playing semifinal games tonight. Looking forward to that. Tomorrow we will come up and recap that for you. And again, hopefully, uh, we get to that final between St. Mary's and Gonzaga. You bring up a good point though, Marco, that you know you figure, okay, well, these two teams are already in the NCAA tournament. BYU, they're they're fighting. Uh, a little scary maybe, you know, in that game if you're a St. Mary's Gales fan and they played two close games.
2: I know it's big and they've been here before, but man, those 20-year-old kids can't help but thinking about round three. Okay, we'll see.
0: All right, uh, I want to thank Matt Holt for joining us uh, from U.S. Integrity as well, talking a little UFC 285 as uh, well as the WCC tournament. All right, Marco, great stuff as always. Go follow him on Twitter. Uh, pretty decent follow. I mean, he's only got, what, 40,000 of those followers. They, 48. Yeah, uh, 48. <laughs> they must really like him because he posts all these food pictures. <laughs> you yeah, know, there it is. All right, add Marco in Vegas. And, of course, wagertalk.com. He does a fantastic job handicapping all sports. So uh, go to wagertalk.com to uh, subscribe to Marco's Place. My friend, we will see you Friday at the Westgate. Looking forward to all it. All right, I want to thank Marky Mark for in for Chuck today. Appreciate you. Miss any part of the show. You know where to go? Go to the website, tcmartinshow.com.